Witty, thought-provoking, and uplifting, Southern Soul Livestream is a program that you'll invite your friends over to watch every week, where you'll learn about interesting guests and get to share in their fascinating experiences. Tune in each Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to connect with guests from across the generations and to laugh with our eclectic hosts who are as charming as they are talented. So we're first going to get started with Lynn Stokes, and she's going to take us through what she is calling, I love she coined the phrase, 50 and fed up. But then I had to clean it up a little bit. I am saying, we're going to call it beyond burnout. And they experienced what Lynn is calling career deceleration. Oh, you're going to be blessed tonight when Lynn begins to share her story and what she does. How you doing, Lynn? I'm doing well, Calvin. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You were a little quiet for the trivia. What was going on there? Were you just sharing the love or uh, what, what was going on? Talk to me. You were talking about sports and then living single and Atlanta. I was like, these are some rough questions. I would love to just get started with, if you don't mind introducing yourself, letting the audience know a little bit about you, what you do, and somewhat of your origin story and how you got to the place where you are today. Thank you. I'd be happy to. Thanks, Calvin, for having me. And hello. Good evening, everyone. I'm happy to see friends and family. Shout out to everybody. That's part of my network. Happy to see you here tonight. My name is Lynn Stokes. I am dialing in from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I live. Originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, I said Louisville, not Louisville, but Louisville, Kentucky. And her, where I am today, and then I'll backtrack is that I am a brand strategist, storyteller, and a mixologist. Quite a random kind of combination, but that's what life takes us to as far as where our story leads us. And primarily women, but men and actually people of all ages that have really gotten to a place in their careers where they're really trying to figure out, okay, what's next? I, I played it by the rules, and I did what I was supposed to do, and I've gotten to this place in midlife, and I'm like, eh, this is it. And so I'm really working with people to try to help them figure out their what's next, even at midlife when we still have quite a bit of runway ahead of us. My origin story, like I said, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, went to undergrad at Vanderbilt University, got a mechanical engineering degree. I make sure I say that as opposed to being an engineer because I was not a great engineering student. But by the time I figured out that mm, maybe I don't want to be an engineer, it was my junior year and it was um, easier to go in and finish than start something else. But I did course correct and went straight through and got my MBA with concentration in marketing and then ended up going with my first job up in Detroit, Michigan for Ford Motor Company. So ended up doing engineering type work anyway. Spent that time in product development. I was a school bus lady. I drove a heavy truck, landed in the truck strategy office, which was the precursor to how my career played, where I ended up being in the place between marketing and engineering and doing strategy work. Made a move down south to Florida, met a guy. He put a ring on the finger. We got engaged. We moved to Florida. I ended up working at other Fortune 100 companies. I worked for Tropicana Orange Juice, Walt Disney World, went back to Tropicana, all in their marketing departments and brand management departments. And then I uh, took a break, had my own business doing marketing consulting for a little bit, went back to work for public supermarkets, and then spent a long time there. And that was probably 
the precursor to get me on the journey where I am today. Got passed over for promotions, was working really hard, was enjoying, was comfortable, but still uncomfortable. And I think we find ourselves in a place where we don't want to move and we've been here and maybe next time I'll get the promotion and maybe next time something will happen. And really, I say that a chance encounter with some magazines and some scissors and some glue sticks changed my life. I did a vision board session. And on that vision board, I laid out things that I wanted to do. And I wanted a new job and I wanted, I had a curiosity about mixology. I put that on the vision board. And in the course of about three to six months, I went to bartending school. I quit that job, found a new job, went to and moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and had a new experience and a great job that was great until it wasn't. And left that job in October 2021 and have been doing the coaching and consulting and mixology things since then. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that background. And I'll tell you guys why all of this is valuable. One of the things that I've done over the years is I spent time wearing many hats and I began to watch and observe because I'm that person, right? And when I first sat down, I began to get excited about Lynn's story because I was like, OMG. We, Lady J and I often talk about the challenges of transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship, the different skill sets that different people present in the challenges and the fear. And I love when I began to sit down with Lynn and she begins to talk about, wait a minute, when you look at the community, you begin to see people who are getting close to retirement, but they know they're not ready. They know they're not prepared and they do not have an idea of what they're going to do next. And I, I love that because I know it's so common, but it's also not talked about. So I love seeing Lynn. I love seeing you do your thing because not only are you building awareness, you're providing solutions and answer. And that really excites me. Tell me this. In the show title, we begin to talk about beyond career burnout. Tell me, what are some of the, what are some common signs of burnout that you see in mid-career professionals that we should be aware of? I think there's a difference between like burnout and needing a break. So you have to understand is what you're going through. Do you just need a vacation? Do you need to just hunker down and get through it? So if it's a project at work and it's driving you crazy. Is there an insight to that that you just need a break? Is, are you just in a phase where you need a week or two off? There's a difference with that. And for me, I think that when you need a break, it's more about the, what it is that you're doing that you need a break from. The sign for burnout to me is a who. And it's when you don't recognize who you are. I think that's the thing. So for me, I knew that I was on the verge of kind of corporate burnout, not just the job, when it's the snooze button, you wake up, your eyes stare at the ceiling, and you hit that snooze button one, two, three, four times because you don't want to go to work. If it's the, the fatigue and the exhaustion that you wake up and you're already tired, those are signs of burnout, especially when you're talking about corporate and just, am I doing the thing that I really want to do? Um, apathy, cynicism, like whatever, it's going to be what it's going to be. When you start doing that, those are signs that, okay, something is up and I don't like the way I'm feeling. And it's even more so when others around you are coming to you and telling, you're not acting like yourself. When you see those signs that people are like, your normal cheery self, you don't have that glow about you. You don't have that jump in your step. Then those are signs and those should be signals that 
wait a minute, sun's up, I'm really burnt out. And this is probably more than just that one week vacation that's going to fix it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love this conversation because I've had all of those things and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because it's, who do you talk to? Because if you talk to someone, then you, let me just keep it like it is judgment. There's going to be what's your problem and all this other kind of stuff. So I can only imagine the embarrassment that comes along with it. Tell me this. We, we created these phrases and, th and I love these phrases that you coined or began to use and bring to my attention, such as what it feels to be 50 and fed up. And I love that because I can think about the transition of 50. I call it, me and my friends, we call it young old folks, right? You're young, you still realize that things are a little different. And then all of a sudden there's this career deceleration that maybe need to be corrected. Or flowing from the frustration that you just mentioned from the burnout to freedom. Tell me this, what are your thoughts of how, you know, with you and the people you work with, of how people can begin to flow from correcting career acceleration to flowing into that freedom based on some of the work that you do with your um, clients? I think that the 50 and fed up really doesn't have to be 50. It could be 40, it could be 45, it could be 55, but... In the last year or two, I've talked to dozens of women, and it's amazing because they have the career, they have everything looks good on the outside, but inside, they're fed up. And, they're, and I think a lot of that really has come out of the pandemic, post-pandemic, because the pandemic taught us nothing else. It gave us a lower tolerance for wasting my time. I do not want anybody wasting my time. And we're in jobs that are driving us crazy, that we're, we're fed up, we've done it. You're tired of playing the games. I think there's something to be about 45, 47, 50, where you've been adulting for 20, 25 years now. You've gone through the relationships, you've had kids, your kids are older and self-sufficient. And what's happening is that people are having a little bit of time to look around and say, hey, what do I want? I'm fed up with this. This isn't, I played by the rules, did all the things, and this isn't what I want to do. And so that's what people are feeling. This whole idea of career deceleration is also happening to a lot of people that I talk to from the standpoint that it is either forced upon you because there are so many women that I'm speaking with that have been laid off, downsized, right-sized, whatever, and or passed over for the promotions and have hit that glass ceiling and their career is slowed down. Or there's a lot of women that went through what I did and walked away from corporate. I'm off the hamster wheel. I'm slowing it down and I'm trying to figure out what it is that I want to do next. And then that flow from frustration to freedom is the, the connection and the intersection of both of those. One of the things that I really need, that people need to define is what does freedom mean to you? What does freedom, we know what the frustrations are in most cases. Sometimes we can't put a name to them, but what does freedom? Is it time? Is it location? Is it money? A lot of times we talk about we want out of our situation, but we don't talk about what we want to get into. And I think that goes, and we'll talk about it, but I think that goes into dreams and what is it that you want to do? I think we have lost that. A lot of people, it's a simple question, but a lot of people cannot answer, what do you want to do? Kind of what do you want to be when you grow up? We're grown, but what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It reminds me um, of one of the early so shows we did during season one. And I began to watch my father get ready for retirement and saw his hesitation. And I began to talk to people and it hit me 
that as people get ready for retirement, they're not necessarily ready. They may be afraid. There's so many things going on. So I titled that show, Newly Retired, Now What? I brought in a speaker who had spent some time with people and discovered that a lot of people were going through that experience, newly retired and now what? So it, it begins to really make me think about what caused that fear, what caused that hesitation, because you would think it would be a celebration, but there's some other stuff going on for the people, right? And I see you shaking, so I know you know where I'm going. Tell me this, mid-career professionals can often find themselves at a crossroad where their career aspirations just might not align with their current reality. How can someone begin to realign their path and rediscover their purpose? Because I'm thinking about it and I'm alluding to it. It's, I think you're newly retired and now what? It's like, you don't even have a purpose. What are your thoughts about that? One, I think that there's no cookie cutter way. It takes work. And what I'm finding out is that I call corporate America is like a lazy river. And you get on it, you get on that little inner tube and you ride the lazy river and you just expect that I'm going to work this job. I'm going to jump to another job and I'm just going to retire. And I think we have like a Hollywood movie version of what retirement. But the reality is that because of 401ks, because of our generation financially being in better position than previous generations, we may be retiring at 50 at 62, at 64, we may have more runway. And the idea of just going off and retiring on a beach, it's, it's pie in the sky. And even if you do that, when you get off the beach, what are you going to do? Are you going to really do that for 20 years? And especially for those of us that have a skill set that you've been doing something in corporate, it's okay, what are you going to do with that term? And you have to start thinking about it. Going back to your question about career aspiration and current reality, I think you have to really identify what is that career aspiration. It's easy to say that. And some people may say, I want to be a VP. I want to climb the ladder. But I think you really have to ask people, and I work with people, is that the life that you want? And is that the life that you want at 50, at 55? Do you really want to be hustle and grinding at this point? Depending on how far that is, is that your guess, if you're here and your aspiration is here, and you're 55 years old or you're 52 years old, do you want to do all of that work to get there? And it's fun if you do. But I think that you have to look at that current reality. You have to look at your aspirations and really define them. And are those aspirations yours? Or is that what society has guided you to? I've got a good friend that has done such a... She's been working in corporate a long time and all of her life. And she confided in me that she was like, I've always wanted to do nails. And it's cool. Well, we have this aspiration that once you get on this career trajectory, manager, director, vice president, C-suite, that you can't jump off of it and go be a bartender. The truth is you can. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, it's so simple yet so hard, right? So I love how you break it down because if, if you're listening with just, let's just say plain vanilla ears, you're just like, oh, that's easy. But you and I both know that there are some challenges and some, I knew a guy once, he was a pharmacist, but he also did some side gigs, but he was ashamed of his side gigs. He didn't want to tell anybody about his side gigs because of the title and the status that came with his nine to five. And I was like, man, don't you realize you have the Mecca? You have a nine to five and a side gig that makes cash money. 
why they want a thousand people in a all paying a thousand dollars, right? And the process that we did here at Soul Thursdays was community building. It takes time and it takes commitment. So it's like having that passion. So I know everything you're saying is real because as I chat with me and my friends and we talk about, it can be lonely sometimes because you're dealing with people who are accustomed to ROI in four weeks and it's, no, this is going to be a building process of four years and it's just different. So I know the things that you're stepping out on is really cool. And I love your experience because you can help coach people through that perspective. Let's talk about the frustration and finding freedom. Could you share some practical steps that mid-career professionals like me can help to shift from that feeling trapped and embracing a sense of freedom and possibility? Sure. I think that for me, I think for any type of change, you go through four stages. And the stages that I tend to, that I've claimed are dream, dabble, decide, then do. And I think everyone has a dream, but once again, it may be that Hollywood pie in the sky type of dream. And I really work with clients to try to figure out what is that realistic dream? What is that thing? If you're frustrated, where does that escapism look like? But from a reality standpoint, not that I want to go to a beach in the Caribbean and just forget about life. But is it, I want to be a pastry chef. I want a Harley Davidson. I want to teach people how to make cookies. What is that dream that you want to do? And I think that people need to have that dream and then they need to dabble. We need to give ourselves permission to dabble in your dream because it's one thing to have the dream, but that dream stays stagnant if you don't do anything. And by dabbling YouTube videos, social media, reading books, whatever it is that is your dream, you need to start dabbling in it and make that kind of a daily part. I tell people like folks are somewhat skittish on social media, but I think if you curate the people that you follow and you curate your newsfeed, for the things that are dreams, for the people that are doing what you want to do, for the people that are encouraging, then that's dabbling. And then social media can be an encourager. You can find community. You can find support. And then you get to that point of deciding whether that decision's made for you or you're like, okay, January 1st, I'm doing it. And then you do it. But to get from that kind of frustrated to freedom, I recommend dreaming and dabbling. Those are the easy things that you can do immediately. OMG. Lady J, I know you're listening and I'm just loving how Lynn just takes such a complicated topic and she just breaks it down, y'all. She makes it seem so easy. I know it's not. Tell us about the consulting services you provide, Lynn, because for people out there who they're curious, they're thinking about, hey, how am I going to do this? Maybe I need somebody to support me along the way. Tell us about the work you do in supporting people along their journey. Yes, I, heard, I, I really believe a personal brand, everybody needs one. Everybody has one, whether you know it or not. And that brand is when people hear your name, when people see you, what do they think of? And everybody has it. I can name Serena Williams, Simone Biles. You can just name folks Beyonce. And words are coming to your mind because that is their brand. You don't have to be a celebrity. That happens for Calvin, that happens for me, that happens for people on this call, that your friends and family are, are thinking about you, and words come to mind. What I want to do and what a personal brand does is, why not control the narrative? And so I work with people, whatever stage, whether it's they want to continue their professional journey, 
whether it is something that might be entrepreneurial or on the side, is help you tell your story and build your personal brand. And I work together with a framework. I have a 12-week program, and we go through four key areas. Clarity, what it is that you do. And I believe you should have, you don't have to have one thing that you do. You can have two to four personal brand pillars that we work on what you do, the clarity, confidence, why you do it to keep that imposter syndrome at bay, who you do it for, which is your brand commitment, and then finally your brand consistency and how that shows up. So that is my main signature program that I work with people for 12 weeks to build their personal brand so that they can attract the item that the ideal opportunities and gain that freedom and turn that kind of professional corporate dream that has turned into a nightmare back into a path to freedom. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Tamika has shared in the chat how people can connect with you. At your website, can they also find information on how to sign up for your program? Yes, yes. On awesome. the uh, website, lynnstokes.com, Lynn with an E. And then on socials, the Lynn Stokes, at the Lynn Stokes on all the socials and LinkedIn, I'm on at Lynn Stokes as well. Please connect with me. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, but would love to talk, schedule a discovery call and talk about how I can help people with their personal brand journey and telling their story. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before we pivot to our next speaker, I want to give the audience a chance to ask a couple questions. So if you're in the audience now and you have a burning question, I've seen some type earlier. I've seen some that have been um, already responded to. Let's give the audience a chance. Let's see, before we um, transition to the next speaker, let's give the um, audience a chance to ask Lynn a couple of questions. And while the audience is typing, I want to give you guys a preview of what to expect. If you have time, feel free to hang out because our second segment is a different topic, but it's such an awesome topic. It's a topic of renewal. It's a topic of living your life and following the path that you didn't know was laid out for you. 